the defining fact of the United States is freedom of speech. To the extent this country is actually exceptional, it's because we have the First Amendment to the Bill of Rights. We have freedom of conscience. We can say what we really think. But that right, that foundational right that makes this country what it is, that right from which all other rights flow, is going away at high speed. Speed. Most people understand this intuitively, but they don't know how it happens. How does censorship happen? What are the mechanics of it? Mike Benz is, we can say with some confidence, the expert in the world on how this happens. Mike Benz had the cyber portfolio at the State Department. He's now executive director of Foundation for Freedom Online. And we're going to have a conversation with him about a very specific kind of censorship. You know, one of the easiest ways to actually start the story is really with the story of Internet freedom and its switch from Internet freedom to Internet censorship because free speech on the Internet was an instrument of statecraft almost from the outset of the privatization of the Internet in 1991. Uh, we quickly discovered through the uh, efforts of the Defense Department, the State Department, and our intelligence services that people were using the Internet to congregate on blogs and forums. And free speech was championed more than anybody by the Pentagon, the State Department, and our sort of CIA cutout NGO blob architecture as a way to support dissident groups around the world in order to help them overthrow authoritarian governments as they were sort of billed. Uh, essentially, the internet, internet free speech allowed kind of insta-regime change operations uh, to be able to facilitate the foreign policy establishment's State Department agenda. Welcome to What's Left, a political discussion challenging the mainstream left. I'm Eduardo Abarca with Poco Teaching Social Standard Lipson and Socialist Kenny Cepeda. We're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the episodes where we've had this episode. Um, and you can also find our personal, my personal social media handle as at Don Eduardo Abarca on Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, and share your favorite episode where we found this episode. Thank you. Right, I, I'm having a hard time pronouncing today. Uh, Andy, why don't you take it away with the topic? Yeah, um, so what I sent something, we were thinking before this to talk about Zapatista struggles and indigenous struggles and things like that, which is something that will be coming up in a future episode. But on my my way to Seattle, uh, we, me and Brandy were visiting Seattle, um, uh, my sister-in-law sent me uh, an, an email that was from this guy, from Tucker Carlson. Well, really, it was from a Robert Malone substack, a Robert Malone substack that was had embedded within it a Tucker Carlson interview of this guy, Mike Benz. Um, and Mike Benz is some, some in part of some organization that's uh, for online freedom. Um, and has done a lot of investigations of how, what's been going on with internet censorship um, and where, where does it come from. And he did a one-hour interview with Tucker Carlson. And this interview made the rounds of at least the number of people in, in, in the freedom area, in the Bay Area. Um, and it really struck a chord with them. Like, people have to hear this interview. And I would actually agree with them. I actually think this, there's a lot of useful information in this interview. Um, but there was 
there was a particular detail. It's not a detail. I think it's a very important part of what Mike Benz is saying about the apparatus of the censorship of the censorship apparatus that has been not just constructed because he, he acknowledges that there's been censorship going on for quite some time, but what's been accelerated um, and and what pieces of the puzzle have come together to build um, this censorship apparatus, which he essentially says is takes the form of a really military rule because he sees it connected to the Department of Defense and CIA. Um, and that those are the central the central items of, of thought control going on inside the United States. Um, so I was just like, okay. And I, and I asked Brandy to read some parts of it and see what came out for her out of it. And she didn't see the same things I saw. So essentially I'm, I'm, I'm playing a little bit of a, of a, of a where's Waldo game with both Kenny and Eduardo um, to see if, cause Eduardo, you called me before and said, well, Andy, what's your angle on this? And I'm like, I'm not telling you what my angle on this is because I want to hear what you drew out of this article. And obviously there's just a ton of stuff to draw out of it. But I, for me, a main theme came out of it that I want to share with everyone here and I'll share with you too. And before I share mine though, I'd like to hear what you guys made, drew of it. Um, and what, what were some of the main, what was the main thing that came out for you from this article? And then I think we should go through it more because with whether it be critiques of it or amplifying certain points and things like that. Um, but for me, a main thing definitely came out of it, but I'm going to withhold what that is until I hear from my comrades here. Um, should I, should I go first? Maybe go for it. Uh, let's see. Um, well, I mean, the first thing I took away from it was that there has been uh, voter or uh, election meddling in other countries for a very long time. The internet has been useful in that way, right? We know that the internet has was an innovation as part of the military. And, and, uh, and election meddling by the United States in particular. Yes, that's what I meant to say. From, yeah. from the yeah, by the USA onto other countries. And so what other what other uh, countries were trying to uh, do with their uh, with their way of influencing the public to vote one way or another, the military saw it as their way to not since I'm sure that after I forget what period of time, but like there's been a time where direct meddling has been seen as the most awful thing to do. You can't do that, even though it's always been direct. But now let's convince people through uh, propaganda, through media, through internet democracy, through freedom of speech, right? And that was the intent of the internet and even the the use of what they thought was the greatest use of what the uh, redes sociales, uh, social media could be done, could be used for, right? And so um, now... When that, those very same tools have been used up to the USA or even in England, they talk about Brexit, suddenly it's been used and suddenly it's no longer wanted to be, it's not seen the same way. And now censorship has uh, proliferated through the way of what we've seen in, during COVID. I mean, that's the first thing I've seen. But this, there's a lot of the World Bank. I mean, there's the military. There is, I mean, there's a lot of investment in trying to control and take hold on to the reins of the internet and uh, and who gets elected and who does not 
and even uh, trying to topple as as um, Mike Benz, Benz, I hope, right, is saying that even during the Trump uh, 2016 election period, they were trying they they, they were trying to even um, uh, go against Trump and the military or even the FBI. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, I think for me what the biggest thing is just a lot of what goes on behind the scenes in trying to control the population thought thinking is uh scary because it's i mean we've seen it with covid right it's it's just i don't know how people can continuously trust their governments anywhere in the world really uh when uh these things are exposed and i appreciate that sort of information yeah um, I agree with that. I mean, that was something I saw as well. Uh, Kenny, what are your thoughts about the about, or at least what what stuck out for you from this from this article? So before we started recording, I was talking to you, right, and and, and saying how it reminded me of the way uh, you know when I listen to Alison McDowell, when there is a lot of information, right, a lot of players uh, in. You know, like personally, yes, I think it's important to kind of get a glimpse of that, you know, but like, at least personally, I try to look at, pan out, look at the big picture. And because for me, there isn't a lot of things that are surprising here, right? Like uh, the internet is a military project from its inception. <laughs> DARPA has its hands everywhere, right? Like from even like uh, the dark web, right? Like something that's like often cited as being nefarious. They invented that, and you know, Mike Benz is saying that that um, was created to aid uh, opposition groups in certain countries to, you know, as a one more tool of uh, manipulating political movements in another country, and to have a say in the outcome. So that's not new to me, right? Like that's one more tool, right? Like there is there is also people like Jeffrey Epstein that are very useful, right? And there are Epstein's everywhere. <laughs> Right, like that that um uh, are part of the machinery that get people people's hands dirty and then these people get um you know blackmailed into doing certain things and brought into the gang that way, right? Because in order to be part of the circle of the of the of the people who govern and rule, you, you have to have shit in, in you know in like you're beholden to that group, right? Like we've talked about that. Um the thing that I do I do see is that there is an intensification, right? Like, I think that we, you two had a very contentious conversation about the Russian involvement in in the US elections. And, you know, I think at the time, um, this was very, I, I don't think the Russians had, you know, major influence on the American elections. And I think by and large, um, there is like a disdain for people, right-wingers and, or people, who, not right-wingers really, people who, see as that there's something wrong. And even though they are fed back into the system, you know, Trump to me still represented some sort of like attempt to say, fuck you to the system, right? And, but again, um, all that to say that this intensification of technology, I don't think it's a surprise. You know, the, the US doesn't, or, or people who rule the world do not plan from year to year. <laughs> You know, they plan decades in advance. Um, they, 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 they are playing the long game. And 
but what this what something that Mike Ben said that stuck out to me was that um, the U.S. is trying to use this as more of a tool of political change abroad. In, in, in putting this into context with what's happening in Ukraine, what's happening with the Houthis, it, it, it shows me actually that the U.S. has admitted that it has it no longer has the capacity to exert power the way it used to militarily with the threat of its military, its mighty multi-billions of dollars. Uh, and so they're trying to use these tools, um, which I do think are going to be part of the whole sphere of you know, warfare, it's one more element, right? One more domain. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think it will be very important. And, 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 and so, but it, it, rather than, than uh, showing strength, I think it's, it's a sign of weakness because also, you know, Mike Benz talks about, and I feel like they almost, Tucker Carlson like plays this game. I don't, I don't believe Tucker Carlson is completely fucking innocent about this. Like he plays this game as, oh, I'm just learning about it. Um, you know, but he, he knows how the game is played. He's not that dumb. He, he, you know, he, but this military rule, the military has always been involved in just about every fucking technology that we we have. You know, the vaccines, the, you know, the uh, mRNA, the, you know, uh, uh, Tesla, SpaceX, Google. You know, he, he cites a lot of these companies, right, as having some sort of... Uh, linked to DARPA in the, in, in, in the military. And so, um, again, to me, the intensification of censorship in, in, in it's not something new either. You know, there's been censorship in America. It's been done differently, uh, but now it's being released in mass. And in, in, in I experienced it through the Instagram when COVID was happening, you know, um, and but it, it does seem to some people like it's something new. I, I could see that, you know, in, in certain circles. Uh, to me, it's not. I do think we're entering a new chapter of how things are going to run. Uh, but it is a sign of weakness in terms of like the U.S. knows that it has to keep its population down because, uh, you know, shit is bad, <laughs> you know, like and they have to curate the reality even more. You know, and, and I think these are instruments of, of curating what reality is uh, for or at least attempting to do that because the system is failing in 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 in, in, in so they have to be more actively involved in in again, pardon my redundancy, curating what people see as reality in 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 so that that that's for me what sticks out and and let's leave it at that for now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the that one of the first things that did strike me from this was when he talked about how bringing in the free that the CIA's use and and dissemination of the free internet and and working with Google to disseminate the internet freely abroad uh, was never a free speech element. It wasn't about free speech. It was about the CIA and the U.S. state controlling the hearts and minds of citizens outside their country. Um, and they were going to use this. They were going to use this apparatus to essentially work outside of state-controlled media, whether it be Yugoslavia or Ukraine or any 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 government, Egypt, Iran, any government they wanted to topple. They were going to use the free access of information that they give through the internet, a DARPA product. This is very important. 
it was, and when he talks about it here on Mike Benz, he basically says that was privatized in 1991, but starts in like 1969. Um, so it it was never to give people access to information. It was always an it was always an instrument of control, and in that case, they said it was an instrument instrument of foreign control, controlling the foreign hearts and minds and pushing them into the possibility of making of destabilizing countries, making color revolutions abroad. And then he says. And then they started to come run into problems, right? They run it. They run to a situation where they try to do something in the Crimea and they can't do it. Um, and like their 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 head fixing doesn't work in the Crimea. People in the Crimea voted for the Russians to come in and and or for you know to get out of Ukraine and 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 to have to be part of the Russian sphere of influence. Um, and then they basically he basically says then they real and then there are these populist movements, the Brexit and the G Greek exit and Germany exit that they were worried was going to turn into France exit and Italian exit. And then of course the Trump movement here and the anti COVID movement here, populist movements taking place in the United States. And they were like, the U S government had to figure out how it was going to turn this apparatus that, that, it, that he's claiming was only used externally. Now was going to have to figure out how to use it internally. Now I've never I don't believe that that's actually something that they went oh how do we turn this external thing into, into an internal thing I was always I always believe that it was never free speech it wasn't free speech in 1990s it was never about free speech in 1980s it was always about government control I'm just going to say that he didn't Mike Benz doesn't say that but I'm going to say that that in the same way that the internet was never free speech for when when Google was disseminating it abroad we have to understand it was never free speech I, I believe here. But then he says, well, how did the U.S. government had to figure out then, in light of what, it, in, in order it had to have this mass censorship, it, it has to figure out how does it going to do this mass censorship? Because most of its operations are run by the CIA and, the, and a global something else initiative, a little small little organization that, well, not small, but connected to the CIA. And here's, I, I, I guess, first I'll ask a question. I'll ask you, Kenny. You listen to the interview, right? Um, and Eduardo, did you listen to the interview or did you read it? Because there was an AI text of it as well. Which what which did you do? No, I, I listened and watched it. Okay. Um, I, I, I wonder if it made it. it but I listened to the whole thing. I wonder if it's going to make a difference for us to read it. Because um, I'm going to show you the part. And honestly, this part that I'm showing you, for me, what I've just said and what you all have said is totally true. But that's not the most important part for me. Um, and I want to see if it sticks out for you when we're, when I read it. And I think it's very, and it's also very interesting to me that the freedom movement like loves this thing. And I, I'm glad they love it, but I, I think it raises a challenge for them. And I'll show you. Uh, let's see, da, 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 share screen. So um, I'm kind of summarizing a part of this here. Uh, here's what Mike Ben says. Um, he basically says that when the United States tried to figure out how it was going to create this mass censorship apparatus internally and use it internally to, to deal with populist movements developing within the United States, mostly Trump movements, he's saying. But he also acknowledges it could be people like Bernie Sanders and people who are supporting Bernie Sanders. Um, they initially started, uh, they, they initially thought of doing mass censorship out of the State Department for the Global Engagement Center. But he said they couldn't do it. It was too small and too obvious that that would just be like censorship. And then he said, then they thought about trying the CIA. But he said the CIA was foreign facing, meaning that it was it was directed towards outward opponents or outward world, and then there was and also there was the need of tens of thousands of people to do this mass censorship, and the CIA that would not be effective in a clandestine operation. I'm kind of summarizing what he said, 
And then this is where it's an actual quote. They said they third they thought about trying the FBI for mass censorship. They said the FBI would be great. It's domestic, but the problem is the FBI is supposed to be the intelligence arm of the Justice Department. So where did they go? So essentially, and this is where I'm quoting directly from the text. So essentially what they said is, well, the only other domestic intelligence equity we have in the U.S. besides the FBI is the DHS, Department of Homeland Security. So we are essentially going to, we are going to essentially take the CIA's power to rig and bribe foreign media organizations, which is the power they've had since the day they were born in 1947. And we're going to combine that with the power, with the domestic jurisdiction of the FBI by putting it to the DHS, Department of Homeland Security. So DHS was basically deputized. It was empowered to have the combined powers that the CIA had abroad with the jurisdiction of the FBI at home. And essentially on the heels of a CIA memo on, the, on January 6, 2017, and the same day DHS executive order on January 6, 2017, arguing that Russia had interfered in the, two, had interfered in the 2016 elections, and a DHS mandate saying that elections are now critical infrastructure, you had the power within the DHS to say that cybersecurity attacks on elections are now our purview. And then they did two cute things. This is still quoting. One, they said, mis, dis, and malinformation online are a form of cybersecurity attack. I remember that. I remember we talked about it and thought that was craziness. They are a, they are a, they are a cyber attack because they are happening online. And they said, well, actually, Russian dis disinformation is actually protecting democracy. Let's see. And they said, well, actually... Russian disinformation is we're actually by fighting Russian disinformation is actually worth protecting democracy and elections. We don't need a Russian predicate after Russia Gate died. So just like that, you had the cybersecurity agency be able to legally make the argument that your tweets about mail-in ballots, if you undermine public faith and confidence in them as a legitimate form of voting, was now uh, now you were conducting a cyber attack on U.S. In, uh, critical infrastructure, articulating misinformation on Twitter, and just like uh, and just like that. Um, Let's let me go from here. What ended up happening was in advance of the 2020 elections, you had essentially never Trump neocon Republican DHS working with essentially NATO on the national security side and essentially the DNC, if you will, to use the DSH, DHS as the launching point for a government coordinated mass censorship campaign spanning every single social media platform on earth in order to preen, to preen the ability to dispute the legitimacy of mail-in ballots. So DHS was simultaneously in charge of the administration of the election in many respects and the censorship of anyone who challenged the administration of the election. And again, they, were, they could go be well beyond that, but this was just in terms of election fraud. What I'm essentially describing is military rule. Um, and so I'll ask you guys, does anything seem interesting to you guys about what feature is prominent in U.S. mass censorship? I guess it's interesting. It's the fucking Department of Homeland Security. Yeah. The same people people building this border wall. The same people they're saying that everyone in the freedom movement are saying we has to be empowered to protect us from immigrants. Mm. This is the I apparatus. This is the apparatus that is being used and weaponized against us. Do people really think that, first of all, obviously Biden has been fucking mass censorship. The establishment's mass censorship. Trump is going to be mass censorship because the Department of Homeland Security is what the CIA and FBI saw as the only legitimate wing for coming in and using mass censorship on against its own population. 
Not that the CIA, I mean, he acknowledges CIA is, is, is knee deep in controlling media and things like that. Mm-hmm. But what he was saying was when the CIA needed to, and when they felt like they couldn't go to their NBC and CBS and Wall Street Journal, they went to the fucking Department of Homeland Security and said, y'all, y'all got this. You control the internet. You make these uh, internet companies, you know, do what you say. Folks, yeah. these, when you talk about building a border wall, when you talk about trying to keep immigrants out, all you're saying is censor me. Build the institution that's going to take away my right to speak online or take away my right to speak anywhere. That's the operate. This is what's happening. And in the same way that, I mean, Tucker Carlson acts like, I mean, he is actually, he says, I'm so surprised that these external, these things that were built externally are coming internally. That's the rule. We say it over and over again. Anything that they say that gets built externally always gets used internally. And here they're telling you right in your fucking face, you idiot freedom fighters. They're telling you that the DHS is going to be empowered to fuck us all over. So what are you asking for when you say, please secure the border, other than please empower the DHS more? I want to, and it, all I can say is, and I guess when I, when I asked Brandy to read this, it didn't, it didn't immediately chime into her, the DHS. Mm. But this is who it fucking is. It's, it's, the DHS is next to CIA, is next to FBI. They all work together. It's the goddamn deep state. And they're going to take away your freedom. And they're literally telling you in this election, as immigration is made as an issue, they're literally telling you, we're going to fuck you with our, your own dick. We are going to do it to you. And you're literally telling us to do it to you. So, folks, wake the fuck up. This is the Department of Homeland Security. If you like what Mike Benz is saying, and I think there's some limits to it, but I think it's brilliant stuff, for the, very good stuff overall. And if you agree with what he's saying, then you have to understand, as he, Mike Benz doesn't seem to understand, Robert Malone doesn't seem to understand, Tucker Carlson doesn't seem to understand, that you are literally saying, stop, we must tear, we must tear down borders. We must stop DHS from being empowered to fuck us over. That's it. And for me, that was the big lesson out of this is what is how how you could put so obviously into people's face, people fighting for freedom, the actual institution that's literally taking their rights away. You could tell them to their faces taking their rights away and they're literally going to say tomorrow or an hour later, stop the immigrants at the border. Please stop the immigrants at the border without saying, well, who's going to do that? Is that going to be you doing that, or is that going to be DHS? If, it's not going to be you. Get the fuck out of your bed and go to the border and stop them. I'm fine with that, actually. But really what you're saying is, I want, is what you're really saying is you want the DHS to do this. And if you want the DHS to do it, good luck, motherfucker. Good fucking luck. Because these people are tied in deep with the CIA, FBI, and they've got your fucking lunch. And they're going to hammer us. And they've already been doing it. So... It was, that's for me, it was just like, are you fucking kidding me? That's what, that's what came out of this article for me. And I don't, I wonder sometimes, because I had to see these goddamn letters over and over again as I was reading it. I wonder if it makes a difference to read it versus hear it. Because we just hear letters, CIA, FBI, DHS. And I just saw it over and over again. DHS, that's the old immigration of, this the old INS, immigration of natural, uh, immigration and naturalization uh, the department or something like INS, right? What's INS stand for? 
Immigration and Naturalization Services. Services, right. Well, guess when they returned it to D Department of Homeland Security? After the fucking false flag of 9-11. And that's what I was, I was going to say again. And then we're back to the broad uh, brush of terrorism, right? Like, so in like, <laughs> I feel like the last 24 years just came back, you know, in a full circle, in a full package. Uh, and, you know, like, like it's important to, you know, to highlight what you just said. So the DHS is the front, right? Is the is the the facade of legality, you know, the rights, right? The the authority to to execute uh, in the name of national security, right? And in like Mike Vance is describing, right? They went through different options in order to see which one would have the would stick, right? Like in the DHS sticks because it's broad enough to call someone who says something wrong online. Uh, a terrorist, essentially, right? right? And and it operates within the United States and is massive enough, is large enough in terms of infrastructure to do it. Because he's talking, we need tens of thousands of people. We need our own fucking, what was it they used to have in the Soviet Union? We need our, you know, uh, secret service or something like that that's in the population. Sorry. And, and so, and then again, because the free, it's not just the freedom people, right? Because then you have... I don't know if like Jimmy Dore or Kim Iverson and the, you know the, the type the, you were considered them freedom people, but yes, I'm calling them all like okay. yeah, yeah. But but yeah, so because they are fully committed to this narrative that there is mass crisis at the border and that we need to control our borders because in their narrative, uh, the government is trying to focus up by through the immigrants, <laughs> not the DHS, right? They, they're they're sending cheap workers into our nation. No, but not the DHS who's gonna fucking like censor your ass, you know, like and, and essentially make you, making you dysfunctional in the digital world. When we've been talking about right the digital uh, fences, we've we've been talking about uh, the digital jail, and, and, and here we are, right? Like, and, and this is the beginning of the steps. Like, let's go back to the uh, uh, what do you call the Patriot Act, right? And, and, and so. It's interesting, and and I do think that I missed that, <laughs> like it what it, it, of how how efficient and how um, how much power they've given Homeland Security yet again, and, and I think this is even a more massive uh, uh, situation than the Patriot Act. Yeah, you know, and and it might it might not seem that way because. Uh, you know, like we're not talking about uh, boarding, uh, like waterboarding people. We're not talking about uh, holding people without, you know, a trial. Uh, we're not talking about FISA courts. We're talking about just delegitimizing people, or taking the credibility away from people, right? And 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 again, like the more we mesh our lives into this digital world, that the more you're allowing Homeland Security to decide. And again, let's go back to what Mike Benz was saying, right, to the inception of the CIA, which is essentially the same as the DHS, right, in the same uh, world. Um, so what's the fucking difference with, like, other countries, right, where we we say that the, the military, it, it, you know, uh, is ruling people, right, and we talk shit about them. What, what is the difference with China and in you know in North Korea in in Cuba and Venezuela and you know uh, we just 
you know, I think that's the magic, though, right? That that's why they 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 go through these uh, attempts of uh, legitimizing their uh, justifications, right? Like they're to give power to homeland security through, you know, for preventing attacks of terrorism from the Russians or from the fucking immigrants, right, at the border. Um, because again, and I think that's the problem that exists in, in the freedom people, that they still believe that these fucking institutions are just corrupt, you know, that they just have to have the right people. You know, not that the whole system itself is built to do this exact shit, you know? And I think that's the facade that they need to forget, you know, like that those institutions are not corrupt, they're functioning as they're supposed to, and they will manipulate shit to make you believe that you still live in a fucking place that, that is the rule of law, that is governed by the rule of fucking law. And this is what I've said before, like, they don't give a fuck through a lot. They'll, they'll, they'll find the loopholes to make, to still keep you believing, you know, that, that you can probably, uh, you know, like, file a lawsuit <laughs> against some of these institutions or fight them legally, when in reality, they just have to fucking now, like, call you a fucking terrorist because you're saying the wrong shit. I mean, and, and, and they connected it to, to the January 6th, right? Like... <laughs> situation when they fucking they went after these people and and i don't know how connected uh you know i don't don't fully understand the connection but i do know that basically that's how you're going to be treated you know a a person who is trying to overthrow the government when we know that 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 whole thing was a facade now but now we're talking about on anything that you do online um i mean i'm I heard the entire interview. I actually called you right after I heard it, and I appreciate you having pointed out that part. I'm looking at the transcript now, and I found that piece. Um, you know, I'm I'm doing a little side uh, studying on the border and tech because I know that that's an episode we're going to do soon, and I feel a little bit of a pressure of needing to lead that episode just as I did with sex tech, and so I want to be really prepared for that for that episode. And I hope people will be awaiting that episode um, and it'll teach us something about what's happening at the border. And when you talk about the DHS Department of Homeland Security, I'm looking even at the news today and I'm seeing here, this is that they're hiring right now. I mean, I'm not trying to take away from what we're speaking of, which is giving more authority to the DHS, empowering the DHS to really look at cybersecurity uh, attacks, which could be anything as misinformation, uh, malinformation, disinformation, like all these things, mis or disinformation, which is basically the same thing for a lot of people. Um, I'm not saying that they are defined by that way. They have different definitions. People are trying to use that as a way to control what's being said. And now I'm I'm looking at this as a way to further enhance this department. And I want people to realize. Uh, in, if, if anyone's listening to this in the freedom community, that that our uh, artificial intelligence is being superpowered, advanced in this area in this department as well. Uh, I was just saying that there is uh, there is hiring um, at this time, even today, uh, where if I can just read it off here quickly, that there are the Department of Homeland Security. This is the news today. Top artificial intelligence official believes that the THS mission will complete will compel technology experts to join the department recently announced AI cadre. So the DHS announced plans this month, February 2024, to recruit 50 AI technology experts 
the top of it, a country experts in, in 2024. They will join a cadre that DHS is modeling after the U.S. Digital Service, a White House organization that provides technology experts and consultation services to federal agencies. So, I mean, there's more information anyone can look up more. But I'm just, what I'm saying is, this is direct hire of, in the wake of um, President Joe Biden's AI executive order. Um, so I'm trying to update myself. But there is a tech community uh, that is uh, trying to keep tabs on this stuff, uh, according to Al Jazeera. Uh, and there's an AI center which shares information with not just on the border of the U.S.-Mexican border, but also in the Mediterranean Sea with other countries. So, I mean, what, you're, what you pointed out, Andy, is just to me, it's like the immense power that the DHS is just growing. And I think maybe if I'm, I think it's after 9-11 more than any, any other time. And then you have it further uh, being growing uh, during uh, lock, uh, prior, maybe prior to lockdowns, I think, now that Mike Benz is saying, uh, according to what I'm seeing, and then exacerbated with uh, the lockdowns. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I guess I'm just trying to, I see me, I'm trying to assimilate, trying to register. I'm just trying to register everything that is now, <laughs> the DHS has so much power. I didn't realize, even with this interview, how much we're, how far we're going. Yeah, and it's it's not so much just. To, I mean, the DHS is just another wing on the bird, or another arm of the octopus that has CIA and FBI and NSA. It's just another wing. It's just it's it's like which feature of control do they want to exercise? Do they think they can use to exercise control externally and internally? Um, and uh, you know, it's it's got a budget of like 124 billion per year this i think this how much it was this year i guess i just want to remind people that when they call for protecting the border you are calling for more funding for the dhs more empowerment of the dhs so what are you calling for do you really understand what you're doing like obviously we but we all here we're open borders people the, first off the us there is no part of the establishment that's open borders Every part of the establishment has been using Department of Homeland Security to, quote, defend its homeland, all right, from terrorism. And that's, that's the first raison d'etre they had was to keep ISIS from across the border. And again, ICE, the, the whole notion of how they controlled Twitter and hold, controlled online, ISIS was used as a big part of that to say we didn't want to allow them to use, we don't want, uh, we don't allow people to use the internet as a way of gaining ISIS members and things like that. So they always use these boogeymen, all right, to to exercise control, um, and it's it's just for me. I don't. I want to. I want to hear from people who think who disagree with us about open borders, about the well, about the idea that we have to take down borders, and we understand that that's taking and in doing so, we're taking a giant tool out of the hand of the state. Well, he's telling Mike Benz is telling you your, to your face that we are right. That Andy, Eduardo, and Kenny are right. That 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 your enemy is DHS. It's not your friend. And when you go into an election cycle, shouting for for stop the immigrants, stop the immigrants, you are essentially going into an election cycle saying, 
censor me, repress me, take away my right to speak. That's what you're doing. And he's Mike Benz is literally telling you that, even if he doesn't quite gather it. So I, I don't know what to say to people. And I, I think that also buying into that deflection, right, that the crisis is at the border. <laughs> and, not, and not that this, the, this move by the... the, the coercive apparatus right uh, of the system of the capitalist system yeah it is it, acting this way because not the border crisis because the fucking system is in crisis and because it, it it is evolving it has to change and in order to continue to do the shit that it has to do abroad at least in my view it has to continue to maintain its own population under control right like in and, and, and so like I mentioned earlier, like I think curating reality is one aspect, right? And direct like control over what the fuck you say and how you say it, and, and you to modify your behavior, right? Because like we're, a lot of people will react to this, you know, subconsciously. I think, right? Like, oh, like you know, not necessarily see it as a a, a direct threat to the, the fucking literal freedom, <laughs> you know, of your mind, of your body, of your being in this society, in a system under crisis. And so, again, like, I want to bring attention to that. The crisis is not the fucking border. The crisis is not those immigrants crossing the physical border. You know, they're, they're dumping a fucking border on your fucking lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is, um, I'm looking, I was going to make a connection between Israel's, uh, <laughs> what's happening in Israel and what's happening with us at the border. You know, Israel, again, as I said before, it's known for its hyper uh, superpowers of uh, surveillance. And even in back in 2020, Albite Systems of America, which the US subsidiary of Albite Systems of Israel, which is a country that delights in maintaining a Delhi border regime, as we've seen right now with Palestine, uh, they already were flaunting AI-based solutions for CBP, which is the Custom Borders um, Patrol. And so I, I, for me, it's, it's, it's about, um, uh, I meant to say U.S. Customs Border Protection, CBP. Uh, but to me, it's all these like, uh, like a spiderweb, right? right? Like we're seeing all these uh, interconnected areas of, of, of AI and fourth industrial revolution of, of freedom of speech and censorship. And uh, so I, I'm just seeing how even if the freedom community, if anyone is still standing for their positions uh, to to support Israel, this is the time to reconsider your position and reconsider whether you should support a country that believes in mass surveillance and border control, and as well as sharing those technologies over here. And as Kenny said, the border, the border is in your home, the border is in our lives. I mean, I, I appreciate what you're what we're doing here and sharing this. Um, there is an AI center that is being developed even now as we speak uh, with uh, more technology that is going to be shared. I, uh, I, I also look back at where I stood before <laughs> regarding if we look back in 2017, 18, and to think about election meddling. For me, it was, I think I was, I might have confused the things at the time. I'm sharing this because I said that maybe you might want to reconsider your positions because I I consider myself someone to be of uh, constantly evolutionizing my way of thinking 
And uh, and we talked about election meddling before. We've talked about uh, consensus. And then I, I think about how much we are uh, collecting our data or how much we are giving, um, how much we're giving leeway, I should, I, I'm trying to find a word, or we empower uh, arms of the state to, to control uh, what we say online or what we do because of what we believe election meddling, which is what, what has always happened, right? Like with Russiagate, uh, it's like, oh my goodness, election meddling is happening and that's awful. But election meddling isn't new. It's just in a new form, right? It's it's manifested in in this way of, of, of tech that is being used to infiltrate people's or influ influence, I mean to say influence people's way of thinking which way they would vote or another. But that's always happened. Uh, and so uh just I think I, I'm just it's an invitation for people to also reconsider and also to be honest about where they stand and to reconsider what they thought should be um done to to curb um to curb corrupt corruption or to curb uh uh to curb misinformation i guess I, i'm not i'm not sure how to share that but you know at one time i had thought that what the biggest enemy was was to not allow people's uh social media to be sort of the influence to be influenced by other state powers, but it's always happened, and we're seeing it even with his own country. So, as Mike Benz has pointed out, uh, those technologies that use the internet freedom, which was never internet freedom, which I do believe and I have hold that stance with you, Andy, has never been internet freedom. Now has been was turned on for other countries and could easily be turned off. Yep. And that's exactly yep. what this was. That that's exactly what this is now happening in this country and Tucker Carlson, as you say, I think is hypocritically being surprised um, by it. And yeah, I, I think now we're seeing the effects of that here, where now you have this, this switch on and switch off and now it's being switched off to, if you're not in the direction that these, uh, well, the state wants you to go to, and as we've seen with COVID, we've seen with so many other examples, 9-11. For example, yeah, <laughs> if we're supposed to support Muslims, no, that's the it's the enemy, right? And I think people should consider when they think about block uh, Bitcoin and like, oh, right. hey, look, we have these, look, we have a, a new decentralized free medium of exchange. Bitcoin again, connected to a DARPA product, connected to these this apparatus. You're you're gonna, it's the same thing. I mean, they're, they get you hooked in, they make it free. So you get, you become part of it. And then they wrap, they, 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 they told, they tighten the noose. So they make it free to, to broaden you, broaden the noose. So it collects as many people as possible. And then they just tighten the noose later. And then you're caught in a trap. Um, so it's the same with Bitcoin as well. Um, I think the, it's really interesting. I mean, this guy just wrote, I'll just read this without maybe posting it. He go, he said this, he goes, uh, and this is, has to do with, our media, which not only do we not have a free media, we never, we don't have a free internet. We never had a free media. Um, he goes, I mean, our mainstream media is not in any shape or form, it is not in any shape or form, even from its outset, independent from the national security state, from the State Department, from the War Department, 
you had the initial, all the initial broadcast news companies, NBC, ABC, CBS, were all created by the Office of War Information veterans from War Department's efforts in World War II. So, like, nothing has ever been free in this country. And I don't mean monetarily free. Free in the, in the sense that Tucker Carlson said, wait, free speech is a hallmark of this country. No, it is not. Centralized power of government is a hallmark of this country. That's what you've been seeing from the outset. The Constitution is about centralizing powers to the government to stop rebellion that was taking place. That is the that is your founding fathers, dude. Not to say, you know, and and I would do so for me in terms of Tucker Carlson and is he being honest? I don't know. But I I I did snap out some quotes that I, I'm gonna read here from him that I think are interesting. Because I think this is where I think this is where people are coming from, and so this is these were question quotes he had, um, and I think I'll just read them. Um, maybe I should show them while I read them, but I'm not going to do that. Let's see, I got to find them first. Um, so this is Tucker Carlson, surprised you know by what Mike Benz is saying, and he and he said this. He said this. He goes, "Well, you just told a remarkable story that I've never heard anyone explain as lucidly and crisply as you just did." And did any, he said, but did anyone at NATO or anyone at the State Department pause for a moment and say, wait a second, we've just identified our new enemy as democracy within our own countries. I think what that's what you're saying. They feared that the people, the citizens of their own countries would get their way and they want, they went to war against that. And like, yes, Tucker Carlson, NATO and the State Department are at war against its own population. That's exactly right. Socialists have always said that. And then again, he says this. I mean, it's almost beyond belief that this has happened. I mean, my own father worked for the U.S. government in this business, in this information war against the Soviet Union, and was a big part of that. And the idea that any of those tools would be turned against American citizens by the U.S. government, I think I want to, I th I think I want to think that this was absolutely unthinkable in, the, in say, 1988. And you're saying that what is really, that, that, and you're saying that there's really hasn't been anyone who's raised objection and has absolutely turned inward to manipulate and rig our own elections as they would say in Latvia. I think, look, I actually believe Tucker Carlson thinks that. I think he has massive illusions about the, about the US state. But I think most of our audience who, who challenges us on, on our question on open borders, obviously harbors the same illusions. Somehow you must, you must disagree with us when, when we say to you that all the tools that the US state will use to attack and, and, and control and monitor immigrants at the border will ultimately be used against us. And that's really why they're there. It's not really, for, our government is not a foreign facing foreign government. It is an inward government of control that then creates more power for itself by being forward facing and using its own control of its population to, to steam its engine to control other populations. It doesn't start from controlling outward and then decide to control inward. It started from controlling inward. It gained power from controlling inward. It gained more power enough to control outward. That's why we call it an empire. And that's what's going on. And so I'm sorry, Tucker Carlson, he's naive. Maybe all of you all folks who, who, who are against open borders, if you are not for open borders, you are naive. Then you think your state is somehow going to protect you. I don't know what to tell you. They come fucking tried to... They're trying to fucking vax your ass and, and kill you with it. And you still think they're for you. Like, what do they need to do to you and to other children and to the rest of the country to make you understand that no power should be put in their hands?
I'm frustrated. Like for me, I think that mythology of the American system, you know, the, the constitutionalist, and 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 that is too strong, you know, and like that. That's why they buy this idea that the system has gone to the wrong side. You know, it, it has it went wrong. The, the system went wrong, you know, and it, it probably needs to be saved, you know. The, the system from its inception, it's been that, you know, it's been what we're seeing, what, what it's happening now. Again, it's like it's a system in crisis that is being challenged, you know, by other powers. And it's going to have to clamp down on its own population more, you know, because its own population is not seeing that the illusions of the American dream, you know, by by and large, you know, there is a good percentage, right? Like. Jeff talks about that, like the top 30% who have proximity to the the, the, the rulers of, of, of this, you know, nation state. Um, but again, it's like, to me, that that is what I hope happens, that, that people start to deconstruct that illusion that the system was good and had great aspirations, you know, for fuck's sakes, you know, and, and, and I get it, you know, a lot of people don't want to keep hearing this shit because it's been weaponized, right, by, like, liberals to shame people. But we, we were fucking, from its inception, even Joe Rogan knows this, that, as he's, he said in a clip that I saw, that the more he learns about Native Americans, the more he realizes that the shit that we call battles were fucking murders, but we called them battles. You know, they were fucking mass murders of, of people to remove them from their fucking land. So we're, this system has never, you know, the stories that we've been told, you know, about America, you know, and especially like, okay, let's say we're, you know, this country is removed from that, right? Like what, what formed the, the United States. Let's just talk about post-World War II. Here's Mike Benz telling you how the fucking entire media, you know, left, right, center, whatever the fuck was, was, was created, right, in order to, to, um, uh, control people and you share that quote i don't remember the name of that guy libson the, uh, the former cia uh oh god damn it oh person uh dempsey no william casey and you know what did he say he said that you know our we, will, we will know that our our information like we that our information tool is complete our information project is complete when everything the united states population believes is a lie you know and the more we dig right like whether it's vaccines whether it's about the inception of our free quote-unquote media you know our, our systems of democracy you know the the more you dig it's like the more you find the lies and the facade you know um and again for me the hope is like forget the fucking mythology of america you know, in, in in not to save, you know, like someone else. It's like, look at what's happening now, you know, in, 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 in this system. It's going to come, it's becoming, it's, it's, it's strangulating harder and harder and harder because it's going to have to. You know, and uh, we, I guess this nation already saw the, the Red Scare, right? The McCarthy's, uh, McCarthyism. You know, and some people quote that as like an episode on on America and like as a little flare up. <laughs> but I mean, you know, who decides what what is right and what's wrong, right? It, it's, it's not us. 
you know, under this system, this state, these rules, the DHAs, the CIA, the FBI, you know, which they're all just the coercive apparatus of a violent system, you know, and again, like, we are on the same boat, you know, you and those fucking leftists that you might hate, you know, like, because they, they, they say ridiculous shit. By and large, 70% of the population is the same on the same fucking boat. And so, again, we we have to not we have to see through the, the the shit that we're constantly fed, you know. And when I mean like the Tucker Carlson, I think he's honest in some, and it's hard to know that, you know. It's hard to know. I think he's still he is putting out a lot of information right out there that may not be posted somewhere else. I do think he's delusional or like he doesn't understand certain things you know, the way they, that I understand them, right? And um, I guess what I'm trying to say is that, it, going back to what you said about it, you said this and I wanted to comment on, you said we have, you, we have to say why it's true. You said something like that earlier. And, and, and I think that's what it's gonna come down to, you know, that to not be afraid to say what you think, not because you're right. <laughs> Not because you're right and you have all the fucking facts, because we've talked about PSYOP operations, right? Like, we all have shit that we we think is right and we have to deconstruct, you know? And, and it's not going to happen by ourselves. And that's going to happen with our e egos, like, and just shaming fucking people. You know, you're a stupid, dumbass. You're d no, no. It's going to happen through conversations and debate and, 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 and doing what you've done, Eduardo, right? Like, we've, we've all done. You know, you know, in, in, in analyzing our positions and being honest, that's what you said, like being honest with what we mean, because I think that's what it's going to, that's the, the, the most dangerous, corrosive thing about this censorship, uh, digital censorship. It's, it's a fucking panopticon that is going to change human behavior and people are going to be, you know, not dishonest, you know, in order to not get in trouble. And so I think that's the part that is going to be even more necessary to keep fucking speaking your, your truth, you know, and I, and I and I hope fucking Tucker Carlson is. But even then, even if he's not, my job is my, it's my job to fucking dig. You know, it's my job to take responsibility for what, if, what, what I think, you know, to, to stop letting this fucker feed me the shit. You know, so to understand that when they're selling me something that is constant, it's probably a fucking lie. You know, like, because that we've talked in past episodes, that's where I start. You know, that's my process, I guess. When I hear something that it's just, I'm being bombarded with, I'm like, this is a fucking lie. What's really happening behind this? And again, in and it's in every tentacle, because I do think there are certain people who think that because you're on social media, uh, it's different than watching MSNBC than watching Fox News. No, it's not. <laughs> you know, they they have their tentacles in every fucking medium of information. Uh, you know, there might be some people that might question Mike Benz. I know that there are still some folks on the left, or even Tucker Carlson, whether they are spitting out facts or not. You know, that there, there is a fact sheet. Uh, of President Biden's issues executive order on uh, safe, secure, and trusty, trustworthy artificial intelligence signed the 30th of October. And in that fact sheet of his ex executive order, he he talks about the DHS's 
the DHS is uh, uh, applying the infrastructure of other departments to combat cybersecurity. So this is straight from the White House's yeah. website. So if I'll just read it here so people don't think that this stuff is being made up. Uh, so this is a, a long list of fact sheets, and it's all a landmark executive order to ensure that Americans lead the way in seizing the promise and managing the risk of artificial intelligence, right? And uh, just to go to what we're speaking to, because there's a lot that you could read there and we could dissect. Uh, one of the points, the bullet point is establish an advanced cybersecurity program, which we're talking about, to develop AI tools to find and fix vulnerabilities in critical software. And, uh, and the other one is, uh, another one, develop standards tools and tests to help ensure that AI systems are safe and secure and trustworthy. The National Institute of Standards Technology will set the rigorous standards for extensive red team testing to ensure safety before public release. And here it is. The Department of Homeland Security will apply those standards to critical infrastructure sectors and establish the AI Safety and Security Board. I mean, they're taking a lot, a load of work. and. Um, these are to combat uh, the threats of cybersecurity risks. And it talks about other threats too, but I'm just speaking to what, right? Where, what's relevant to what we're speaking of this episode right now. So uh, that's from the White House's own website. And so I don't want people to think, oh, well, that's Tucker Carlson or that's Mike Benz. And these are kind of uh, conspiracy folk. You know, this is all coming straight from the horse's mouth. Yeah. and. Tucker Carlson, first of all, we talk about Jimmy Dore here and Kim Iverson, people who I don't necessarily agree with, but I would put Tucker Carlson with them as like people who I find very helpful. They get, they have nodes, they have points of information, points of insight, uh, information that about the Syrian war that I didn't know that I got from Jimmy Dore or Tucker Carlson. Um, and Tucker Carlson recently did an episode about Julian Assange um, and was like, after he had visited Julian Assange, was talking about how all U.S. presidents will have blood on their hands and need to answer for whether they're going to have this man killed. And he's even saying that might be the biggest, you know, uh, attack on free speech, which doesn't, you know, but it is an attack, you know. Um, and the so I I got no I got no issue with Tucker Carlson. In fact, you know, we, we had a, we were thinking at one point there was an episode where Tucker Carlson had been kind of saying, "People could call me a socialist, but I'm I don't care." You know, da 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 da. Um, he's not a socialist in terms of like Marxist, um, but I do I do find it he has some interesting things to say and and interesting folks that he interviews. Um, that and this guy Mike Benz, I think I would urge everyone to to listen to this thing. Or read it um, from Robert Malone's Substack. Um, I actually appreciate that Robert Malone put it on as a as something to read because I think it did come in differently from that. Um, and I will finally say that you know, Eduardo. I mean, um, Kenny, you, in terms of saying like we don't want to shame anyone, I do think there is a way that I'm coming out this way because I I kind of wonder for myself like I'm sort of shaming people who might disagree with us on this question of borders and whether or not we need to secure, quote, secure our border, which I don't think we, we should not secure our border. We should, we should unsecure our border. Um, I'm, all I'm saying is I'm, 
and I don't want to shame people, but I want to say that when you call for securing your border, you are calling for, you are pushing on the rock that is going to be rolling over you and us. Um, and you're not pushing it off your foot. You're actually pushing it onto your foot. Um, and so that's what I'm trying to say. And if a freedom movement that calls for its own enslavement and calls for the empowerment, empowerment of institutions that are trying to enslave us is not going to be a freedom movement. It just won't. I think you're trying to shake them into reasoning. I'm like, frustrated. <laughs> I'm frustrated. There's no question about it. I mean, I, you know, I, I would, anything it takes to reach people, I will do, but I'm frustrated. I'm just going to admit that. Right. Yeah. And I've long, long stopped idolizing certain people like Glenn Greenwald, <laughs> my ex-boyfriend, because of reasons that I, I think he's just disingenuous with his positions and he's calling for the legitimacy, legitimacy of courts is rule and then you're like you're about civil liberties but you're asking you're justifying what people are saying in, in, yeah. in the legal system anyhow um, um, yeah go ahead no there were there were other interesting pieces to this article that i think people could read about um you know like how google it was used by the state to like amass all these different positions that they that they saw happening like positions on covid and then they would they would put them into various buckets and then they would, you know, just kind of have this whole profile of all the different positions that people took that were oppositional positions. And you can see how AI would be used to say, what do we do about this? Like, what do we do to deal with this, these oppositional position profile? How do we, you know, and how do we, how do we divide this set of positions from that set of positions? I mean, it's really uh, very interesting to what extent that they are using this, this apparatus to control us, to to learn about us and to control us as individuals and as aggregates. Yeah. They, they also, been, yeah. Go ahead. And this is if the rest of the conversations didn't didn't get us banned from you know certain platforms. Uh, they also get into you mentioned about the twenty twenty election, right? And then they also kind of went back to the 2001 election, you know, to kind of say that this one would have left that one, you know, in the dust in terms of a scandal. And yep. that's what they preemptively started censoring what people were saying, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions. And again, that's not to say that they haven't used other shit, right? And, and this is uh, in other elections. And, and this is to say that, again, this notion that America has had three fucking elections. It's like, there, here's two examples, right? That, that you can dig a little and, you know, and to again, lift the veil of, of the purity of the American experiment, because yeah. I think that's, that's just a very, um, that's a thing that divides a lot of people who are fighting for the same shit that I'm fighting for in myself, you know, that, they believe in that purity. They believe in that except exceptionalism. They believe in, in those narratives that they were ingrained with. And, you know, they can recite the fucking constitution as if, you know, you know, the, that is what's going to protect you, you know, when here we've seen how they, 
they know that there are people who believe that. And so they're going to jump around until they land on the thing that is going to keep you believing that this system is about laws and it's about justice, it's about freedom, you know, well, fucking you and taking justice, taking your freedom away, you know, but still keep you believing. Well, that's pretty much it for me. I'm just glad we got a chance to talk about it. And it was fun to kind of see what you guys made of it. Um, and it is interesting that all of us feel very strongly about this open borders position. But, but it didn't necessarily, that thing that leapt out to me didn't necessarily leap out to you both. Um, that's just interesting to me. There's a lot when you listen to that interview, I'll just say. It's very dense. And you have a lot of three-letter words being thrown at you. <laughs> yes. So... If I missed it as I was trying to catch up on it, I apologize. No, no, no it's, it's not. It's not that. It's 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 no, interesting. No. I think, yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you pointed it out, and it was very important. And it's interesting coming from the freedom community that this was shared, and I'm they've missed it. I'm sure <laughs> they don't see this. No, they don't. I mean, they literally don't. And they, I don't know. Maybe they have an argument even to say to me. Maybe there'll be somebody who can write that. This is why it's not a contradiction. But I, I don't understand. Somebody's going to have to, please, somebody who, who disagrees with us about open borders, please tell me how this is a contradiction, okay. that supporting DHS, the calling for securing your border is not empowering DHS. And it, this is no different, right, than people pro-immigrants fighting for the vaccine, for people, you know, and, and like, uh, fire those people, right, like, uh, take their livelihoods away, you know. Even fucking Noam Chomsky, who right like is considered a giant intellectual, like he would fucking right that shit. And, and I took a picture when I was in Seattle, and I'm going to post it on this episode of somebody. Um, the picture was. Let me see if I can find. I'm not going to show it to you guys right now. Uh, it had it had two posters right next to each other. Um, let's see. One said, "Settlers fuck off," and it has a a job wearing person stop the annexation of Palestine and right next to it said mask required <laughs> must be worn over nose and mouth while inside. Thank you. There's a contradiction there folks, but that contradiction that most people here in the freedom movement sees you all have it. If you think that we have to secure the border. And, and again, like for me in my journey, it's been helpful to have you too, you know, like and Jessica and this this last four years really, you know, of of trying to make sense of the world because this is the period where I've I think I gained more understanding of how deep this shit goes. You know, it goes beyond the fucking mass ma ma mask and vaccine mandates, you know, it goes beyond just tech. It goes beyond, you know, uh the like as Jimmy Dore and a lot of, you know, you keep my reason to repeat the military industrial complex or whatever new fucking complex, you know, it, 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 it goes beyond a single issue, you know, it encompasses our entire lives. And again, it's necessary to have people that are willing to be honest with their opinions and, you know, and put them, themselves out there. Uh, and so, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for you. And that's why I'm in this space, you know, as, yeah. as often as I can. Uh, because uh, and everyone who we've talked to, right, like Rob, uh, John Kleisig, uh, uh you know, sorry, uh, I miss people, but Allison and Jane and Eric Lerner, 
Tom, the guy who wrote the, those articles about the vax and stuff. Um, Amanda, I mean, we've had a lot of guests and but Jay, yeah, Jeff, AJ, you know, yeah. we've we've been lucky to have a lot of people, you know, to add to this and 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 uh, I guess fundamentally we understand that you know it's not it's not just us right like trying to figure this shit out and like we're not all like knowing um there's different puzzles and fucking Tucker Carlson is part of that right and and, and I think I would have rejected him <laughs> some years ago uh, immediately just from the program emotional response you know that was in me and so but you live and you learn right covering recovering recovering like i make the the liberal addicts recovering liberal addicts <laughs> i will consider myself to be a recovering liberal addict. uh all right let, let's conclude then that does it for this week's episode i'm looking at the time i know kenny has to get off so uh and it is here close to 11 here in bogota colombia <clears throat> Right, well, that does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podcast that's channel challenge the, main, the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes. Review from this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find past episodes to the podcast. That's the channel there. And connect with us. Our main folks, if you like anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms. There's a plane in the background because of Colombia here. Right close to and Spotify, iTunes podcast, BitChute, Rumble, or Telegram. You can find our blog and any of those links in the end, in the episode notes where you found this episode. And if you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, our blog. I'm Eduardo Barca with co-hosts Andy Lipson and Kenny Cepeda. We'll catch you all next time. Thank you for listening. Ciao. That noise in the background is that. Can you hear the... Uh, 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 no?